Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Today's podcast is brought to you by Blue Canary. The bird has landed on beautiful Bainbridge Island, conveniently located at 499 Madison Avenue. ASE Master Technician Clint Ramsey brings over 15 years of experience, award-winning diagnostic skill, and a desire to reinvent the automotive repair experience. Schedule an appointment online at bluecanary.biz or call them today at 206 451 42 Hey, it's Michael Fabiano here from SI.com, and I'm excited about the upcoming launch of the SI Fantasy Podcast. Myself, along with Dr. Roto and the Fantasy Executive, will get you ready for your fantasy drafts in 2020 and guide you to fantasy football glory. Get on board with the SI Fantasy Podcast and win your fantasy football league. This segment of the Bystander Podcast is brought to you by Eagle Harbor Insurance. We don't sell insurance, we help people buy it. This has always been their motto and continues. They understand every family has different insurance needs, be it coverage or premiums. No two cases are the same, and they will always do their best to guide you into the proper coverage to fit your budget. They are here to help anytime. Give them a call at 206 206- 842-7410 or contact them online at eagleharborinsurance.com I'm Maria Metzler, the Executive Director of Helpline House. The global pandemic has affected us all differently. If you or your neighbors need food assistance, mental health counseling, rental assistance, or parks and rec vouchers, please reach out. Helpline House can help in many ways. Find us on the web at helplinehouse.org. It's what we do. Neighbor helping neighbor. The Bystander Podcast, in partnership with Bainbridge Strong and the island's own Pegasus Coffee Company, is proud to offer this special release whole bean blend for a limited time. A medium dark roast of coffees from Colombia, Ethiopia, and Sumatra. It offers a balanced, full-bodied cup perfect for virtually any pairing or occasion. $5 from the sale of each 12-ounce bag will go to Bainbridge-based small business or nonprofit of your choice at checkout. I got something for your mind, body, and soul. Cracking Podcastville, you found the Bystander Podcast. Today, I have three lovely ladies from the Bainbridge Pod Accomplice 
a new podcast by Bainbridge Performing Arts. I have Liz Ellis, Miranda Feltman, is that correct? Yes. And Deirdre Hadlock. How are, how are we? We're doing great. Good. Glad to be here. Thanks for having us. My pleasure. So you guys got shut down because of COVID, much like my studio, and now we're having a Zoom conference here. Mm-hmm. Deirdre, you're the production manager over there. Yeah. How did that affect everything? Uh, well, we were actually in the middle of dress rehearsal week for our production of Fun Home um, when we were not allowed to continue. So if you if you take a look on the stage to this day, there is a full set um, props set up in the wings, costumes set up. Everything is ready to go for the production that has not happened yet, but fingers and toes crossed will happen as soon as we're able to. Miranda, how does that affect your work at the BPA? Well, I was just hired in January as the front of house manager. So and you got then, two and a half months under your belt. Yeah, <laughs> I should say mid-January. And then, yeah, I think mid-March is when we closed. Um, so I kind of, did, I'm lucky enough that I was allowed to do a pivot. And we started talking about how we could generate content while we were shut down. And I really liked the idea of a podcast, which we were discussing earlier, I think was originally brought up by... I really do think it was someone at Bainbridge Prepares reaching out to a bunch of nonprofits if we wanted to collaborate on a little variety show in the style of Prairie Home Companion. So I love Prairie Home Companion. I love Garrison Keeler. So we took off with that in the spring, I think, into summer. We did eight episodes that were kind of pulling people from Bainbridge Prepares and other organizations. And now we find ourselves this fall trying to put out a show every Friday. I don't know if you guys are, or ladies are old enough to remember a show called um, Theater of the Mind. You remember that, Liz? Yes, because, and I'm sure this name will come up more than once in this conversation, but Frank Buxton, I think, introduced me to that for some reason. So I had, there was a lot of stuff in my youth, a lot of radio stuff that I was introduced to. Um, and Theater of the Mind was certainly a phrase that Frank Buxton was fond of employing. And I, I believe. I believe I encountered their program through him. I think it was uh, Sunday nights. I'd watch Little House on the Prairie, then um, Disneyland show or whatever it was called. Wide World of Disney or something. And then I would go to sleep and uh, Theater of the Mind would be on the AM radio and they'd have four acts and I'd always fall asleep before the fourth act, (laughs) never knowing what's going on. But then just recently rediscovered that... um, They've turned it into a podcast and it's out there. No way. Yeah. It's, I think it's from the oh. 50s or 60s. That's awesome. And when I first listened to um, your podcast, it brought me back to that time because I, I have conversations with unique people on and around the island and in Seattle. And where I fell in love with a little bit of radio and podcasting was the theater of the mind, but it was more the the auxiliary sounds, you know, the wind, the chimes, the frogs. And uh, I think it might've been the one that you did Miranda where you had the, the mole and. Oh, wind in the willows. Yes. Wind in the willows. Tell me a little bit about that. You wrote the adaption of that, correct? Yes. So we were approached. One of the things we wanted to do was reach out to directors and see if they had any 
like beloved projects that they've always, always wanted to pursue. And one of the first directors who got back to us is a wonderful chap named Jalen Green, who loves Wind in the Willows. And I was so excited to adapt it for radio slash podcast. So we did that in two parts. Um, and you were talking about sound effects. So much credit has to be given to Matt Hadlock, who is married to our very own Deirdre Hadlock, because he engineered all the sound on that. Nice. It's a family affair, huh, Deirdre? It is. <laughs> he is our sound designer for all of our main stage musicals at BPA. So he was a natural choice, and he's stepped into the role pretty adeptly, but he's our um, audio engineer for the podcast. Mm-hmm. Well, please tell me you did a wonderful job. I will. I'll pass that along. Thank you. Oh, and then I, I should, I'm sorry to interrupt. Um, I feel like I should mention John Eisenhower who did the music and oh, sure. it was just, it just blew me away when I heard it. It was so phenomenal. And yeah, I feel very lucky that we got to collaborate with these people. <laughs> Liz, I know you're in LA right now, but are you related to John Ellis at all? I am his daughter. Wow. Wouldn't you know it? Yes. And so he was one of the people who was involved with Miranda and Matt Longmire and I and, and his wife, Anne, in the creation of the original BPA podcast. And he's been coming back to appear in some of the stuff we've done since. Yeah. yeah um, he was recently we, in War of the Worlds. Oh, was he? Yeah. That, I want to talk about that, but I want to save it for a sec because uh, John did a walk in the woods with Joel Underwood for indie theater and... Uh, they came on, and we've been friends ever since. Um, I just I have a high regard for your father. Um, I, I didn't know how to say to him when I saw that show without insulting him that I didn't know he had it in him. Is there a polite <laughs> way to say that? I, mean, just, I, I know him as this physical comedian and, and such a you know funny, slapsticky kind of a guy, and then that performance came out of him, and I think we were all sitting in the theater like, oh, dang, okay. <laughs> it was brilliant. It really was. And uh, Joel Underwood's been my um, political correspondent on this show ever since I met him at that play. So he's, I think he's appeared eight times on the podcast and fast friends ever since. So he could appear every day at this point. (laughs) (laughs) It gets tiring talking politics for sure. I love. uh, No, but it's so upbeat. Yeah, we're getting derailed here lately. Don't <laughs> <laughs> so, no, have theater people on and focus on the ball uh, very yeah. well. It doesn't yeah. happen. <laughs> you should see our text threads. <laughs> yeah, send me on those. I'd love to just uh, have a laugh. So, Liz, you've been doing production management. Is that correct? Uh, I have been, I've produced a couple episodes of this podcast. That has been my role. I I produced the first episode, which was a conversation with Jesse Smith, the writer and creator of Hands Up, Don't Shoot, the musical. Um, Hip hop opera. A hip hop opera. We had a conversation with him and played some of his songs and produced that. And then I'm sort of half producing with Deirdre, the um, theater school episode that's coming out this week. Next week. Yeah. She also was the uh, lead adaptive playwright on Carmilla, which is coming out this month. Nice. So is this a limited series or are you going to just do it until a cure shows up? (laughs) We just programmed the next several months. So um, we're prepared to continue as as long as uh, as as there's a call for it. (laughs) Looks like we're looking at... Oh, go ahead. (laughs) No, it was a stupid thought. Go. I was gonna say we're we're sort of thinking of it. I think right now is like four month seasons. 
Yes. And and mm. we can see that far into the future and mm -hmm. we can know that there's not likely to be any in-person programming in the next four months. So we'll program that and we'll throw ourselves into it. And then at some point, hopefully soon, the podcast will no longer be necessary. Yes. Yeah, but it might be a nice compliment. Just have fun, right? That's very true. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> well, that leads me to this question. How has it been received? And um, financially, how's uh, Bainbridge Performing Arts holding up? <laughs> this, is where, this is where we did need Dominique. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know I can speak to the the one thing I miss about live theater is like the instantaneous reaction. So much of the fun and interaction comes after the show when the performers can meet the audience and everyone can talk about the experience they all just had. So it has been difficult to to find out how to generate that dialogue, I think, with listeners. But I know for myself and Siobhan, at least, we run into a lot of people at the grocery store, for instance, who really tell us that they're enjoying it. So that's good. Yeah, I was and really impressed with Jesse's first one that you right out of the gate. That <laughs> he's a pretty talented guy. Oh, he's yeah. Very talented. Super talented guy. And that's honestly, for me, because I'm not there physically, that's the, the community that it was really exciting for me to be part of engaging is the performer community and the creative team community. Um, Cause you know, Deirdre has so much to her credit um, built this really active, dedicated um, group of people who come back and design shows and direct and perform in shows and, and even like fostered some of that talent over the years. And so being able to, work with those people even remotely or in the limited in-person way that we can is really gratifying and, and, and a totally crucial part of BPA's mission. Well, Deirdre, how do you pick a topic to go with? For the episodes? Yeah. Is oh, it that's call out or what? It's very collaborative. We have, um, we have the, the three of us and Siobhan McGuire and Dominique and we just talk about projects that we're interested in, things we've always wanted to do, maybe didn't have an opportunity to do on stage for whatever reason. And we just, we brainstorm a lot. Mm -hmm. um, it's, we've been really interested in reaching out to community members and shining a spotlight on artists that maybe people don't like, for instance, Jesse, you know, many of our patrons have seen him acting on stage, but they probably don't know that he's a talented you know, musician and playwright. And um, that's been, it's been really fun to sort of explore our community and the folks that we work with and um, dive deeper into that. But go ahead, Liz. And, and ha well, having sat on the, not sat on the committee, but been, been privy to the committee meetings for programming back when I was a member of staff, um, there were so many projects and, and so many types of projects like new works, like Jesse's that, that you bring them up and you go, well, can we sell three mm -hmm. weekends of a 250 seat house of this show? And you just don't know whether that's going to be possible. And there are risks you can and cannot take. And with something like this, when the overhead is just space and volunteer time and people's goodwill, um, you can really, you can really do some weirder things that, you can take some risks that, that you can't necessarily in a main stage season. So there's actually been some, some opportunity there. Yeah. I think there have been obstacles just because it seems to me the performing arts world hasn't quite caught up with like who we are in this new era. Um, 
So we have been plumbing a lot of public domain works and adapting from there just because we can do that for free. And that's actually been really fun. There's some cool stuff coming up in 2021 that's going to be available, but I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> Give me a spoiler alert. Um, how does uh, rehearsal work? Is it working like this where our computer just freeze yeah. every couple minutes? No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the wonderful thing about it is we don't, you know, the actors don't have to memorize their lines. There's no blocking. There's no choreography. So we can have six rehearsals on Zoom and be ready to record. Mm -hmm. And so, it, you know, it allows a lot of people who weren't able to participate in our full-scale productions because of the time commitment uh, or geographical distance away, you know, they are able to join us, which really opens up a lot of uh, new faces, which yeah, or I should say new voices. Um, Jesse's on the other side of the water and yeah. Liz is in California and yeah, we have some folks from South Kitsap that are in Carmela that, you know, are are new to us. And yeah. Awesome. Um, so how long does uh, a production take? Well, um, once we have the script, we cast the show and the directors are working with submissions, voice submissions that we've received. So they're able to access a folder of those and cast from those. And we, we are, by the way, still accepting submissions. Oh, yes. On an ongoing basis. <laughs> so send them in. Go to our website if you need information. Um, so the directors cast the show. And then we have six Zoom rehearsals, six or eight Zoom rehearsals. And then we... There goes Deirdre for a moment. BPA. <laughs> oh, no. Here is, can you say that one more time? Oh, sorry. Uh, from where? <laughs> um, how many rehearsals you have and such? Oh, we have about six six rehearsals on average for the audio dramas. Um, so it usually takes about three weeks from casting to recording session. And then we, like like we've been saying, we put out an episode a week. So um, Yeah, every Friday, people. Moving sure pretty quickly. Um, I think Jesse's going to contribute some spoken word on my podcast going forward. I'm trying mm -hmm. to get people that don't have a voice to find their voice and come out and speak. So I'm going to add a spoken word, poetry, slam, essay, rap, um, short story, whatever somebody wants to really give it a try. So I've mm -hmm. had quite a few people come into the music guild lately and I've been recording people on a one-on-one -on -one situation. I noticed cool. that you guys did some promo stuff for the podcast and it looked like there was one person in on the stage and a, a filmer and that's about all you can do for promos and stuff. Is that correct? Like the guy from War of the Worlds, he was sitting there oh, with the Elvis yeah. mic yeah. and the, the, the high light coming down, very mm -hmm. vintage yeah. in his uh, excellent voice. Mm -hmm. Picked He's a good a one there. Voice, doesn't he? Yes. I think it was, yeah, Eric, right? It was Eric, yeah. the yeah. performer, who was Orson Welles. It was Matt Longmire filming. And then Kate Crothers was far back, I think, in the audience by herself giving direction for that video. Tell me yeah, a little bit of, uh, about Matt Longmire. I'm, I've yet to make his acquaintance. Oh, you guys are going to get along like a house on fire. <laughs> Once you meet, you'll be working on six projects together by the end of the year. I guarantee it. Awesome. 
Um, he, I've known Matt forever. We both had web series back in the day. So we started a web series festival together because we were two Bainbridge people who were in all the web series festivals that already existed. And we kept thinking we could do this. Um, and so, yeah, he, he's a videographer on the Island, um, who does a ton of great, you've seen, you've seen his videos just by being somebody who takes in media content on the Island. And, um, he recently joined the BPA staff, uh, and has been a great asset. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm friends <laughs> with Derek as well. He's, he's a great photographer. Uh, he, he did a podcast with me as well. He certainly he's certainly wonderful. Yeah. Good looking kid, huh? Oh yeah. <laughs> no kidding. I see him at Millstream every day now. Yeah. He owns Millstream. Shout out to yeah. you, Derek. Shout out to Derek. Hey Derek. <laughs> um, and you guys are a nonprofit, which I am not. I'm solo. So you guys are um, able to access PPE money and um, grants and such as that. I noticed that Crosscut and PBS, KCTS, Channel 9 has thrown some support your way. Um, is there plans to continue to, to find support financially? And whose job is that? Is that Dom's? Um, Kathleen Thorne is actually our, our grant writer. And she's marvelous and has been working so hard. Um, yes. And Miranda, you were you were a little tyke growing up in BPA, correct? I was. Thank you for asking. I can't believe you know that. <laughs> so um, how long have you been there off and on? Oh, my God. I think I started as a theater school student in middle school. Actually, before Deirdre came on, I couldn't believe it. Um, and then Deirdre was because Deirdre is all I remember from from BPA. I always remember being there. Liz she and Miranda were actually on stage in, in the first production I worked on it at that's BPA. right it was Pinocchio, Pinocchio. <laughs> so I'm a huge believer in our theater school because I know at least me growing up it was so formative and so important for me to to have that outlet um and then yeah I've kind of fulfilled different roles as I got older because I never got over being being at BPA so I've worked backstage I've performed I've taught with Liz I front a house managed for a month and now I'm doing this. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. BPA has turned out some really quality stuff over the years. I've been here, mm-hmm. I believe 10 years now and I've never been closer to theater, you know, and I'm, I don't feel I'm an artsy guy, but it seems like between that and indie theater um, and ovation, I've really enjoyed discovering just a plethora of talent here on Bainbridge Island. It's really neat to see. Um, Liz, what's, what's next for you? Uh, well, we do have our episode of Carmilla that Miranda and I wrote coming out, uh, towards the end of October, which I'm so, I've I've been to one table read so far and I'm already just extremely excited to hear the final product. Um, and then as of, uh, some recent programming that's been done, I've been begging to adapt uh, a couple more things that as Miranda said, I'm sure, I don't think we're ready to. (laughs) <laughs> to tell the world about yet. But yeah, I mean, just this idea of this, this challenge of adapting, uh, you know, fi- first of all, identifying public domain works that really have a lot of, a lot to offer and a lot to say of which there are many. I mean, you know, we were talking about, you could go forever just doing old, old dead English dudes. Um, but there <laughs> are, even among the old dead English dudes, there's some real gems and then there's so many other avenues 
plum is that mixed metaphors uh but but we've been yeah looking at some of those and i've got some stuff i'm i'm just really excited to get into awesome miranda what's going on next for you just tag team team in with liz there on that project yeah okay so i'm actually in carmilla (laughs) so we are recording this week um we will be doing so on stage spaced nine feet apart with all of the uh, restrictions in place that we need to have and then protocols mm -hmm. after that it's continuing to organize for the next two months going forward uh the shows that we will be producing and then planning for 2021 yes liz and one more thing i want to add for miranda and i um keep your eyes out i don't know if i'm allowed to say this but um (laughs) she and i are hopefully going to be teaching a class together at some point i had the opportunity over the summer to teach uh, again there, which I was so grateful to do because I have such great relationships with some of the students there and the product of one of those classes, which is a student written, a teen written show performed by the writers um, is gonna be up next week. And we're hoping to do something different, but um, that brings brings some of the same same energy Mm -hmm. coming up. Yeah, we, oh, go ahead. I was gonna I was gonna ask, do you know who originally greenlighted the podcast? You don't or have to greenlight with- us. We just show up. <laughs> That's kind of what happened is um, we just went for it. We just didn't let that email fall fall down to the bottom of the inbox. We just kept pushing at it. And then I even by the time the first episode came out, I still couldn't believe we had actually done it. So I think once we had that as an example of what we could do, we were allowed to go a little wild and just keep the, going. <laughs> the Bainbridge stay at home companion podcast, which is still available early in the Bainbridge pod accomplice feed. And also from barn, uh, in barns feed, BCB's feed. Um, you know, every week of that show, because we didn't have Deirdre and Dominique as active on that, that was Miranda, Matt and I, and my dad, um, you know, that was really every week was like, okay, the episode's out. We got to do another one in a week. Wait, wait, who are we doing? Who's hosting? What are we? Oh my God. Whereas this now that Deirdre is involved is much better organized and <laughs> everything is recorded a minimum of two weeks in advance. Everything is scheduled a minimum of two months in advance. I mean, it's like, you know, so well put together, but <laughs> that first one was more of a like, ask forgiveness, not permission. Let's go. Well, that is thanks to your advice, having, <laughs> having uh, done it the other way. We, <laughs> we learned from your <laughs> I'm gonna fairly survived example. I'm gonna give you a little, little advice, even though you didn't ask for it. Please, <laughs> always have three to six evergreen episodes in the can. <laughs> and what I mean by evergreen means it doesn't have a timestamp, mm-hmm. meaning you could listen to it two years later and it would still hold up when somebody discovers um, Bainbridge Pod accomplice. That's great advice. That's really smart. That right way now. if some, somebody cancels or you get sick or uh-huh. you, you forgot to turn on the record button with Howard Schultz. <laughs> I have done it three or four times where either equipment failed or somebody didn't show or I just didn't hit record because the conversation was so engaging prior to going on air. Um, that there was nothing there. So I learned early on, you know, and I feel like that's how I became professional by really screwing up as badly as you possibly can early on Mm -hmm. and not quitting. 
Well, we very nearly had an example of that, um, not this last week, but the week. There it goes. We all froze. Before, uh, get ready to edit and the power at, whoop, what'd you say? It, it lagged and froze. Let's start again. Oh, so no, sorry. I, we very nearly had an example of that with War of the Worlds um, a couple weeks ago. We had it all ready to edit, and there were three power outages at the Hadlock household <laughs> in the course of the week. And we had a couple really late nights, and we crammed, and we got it done, and then got it to Liz, and she had some gremlins. Um, <laughs> that episode is so haunted. Yeah, the Martians. So, <laughs> yeah. The Martians, Martians didn't want the true story. Yeah. yeah. Get out. You always want to look, you know, editing's probably the, the part I don't like. I know some people are really into the editing. Um, I like long conversations like we're having now, uninterrupted, unedited. Uh, where was I going with this? Oh, you got to <laughs> listen to it no matter what, because mm-hmm. there's some times where you're like, oh, that Tim guy, what a jerk, you know, and <laughs> you've said that on air and then you haven't cut it out and then you release it and you're, you're scrambling six o'clock in the morning. Oh my God, I just heard it. And I yeah. said something inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> you want to be your own hot mic. That would really be a bummer. Yeah. I wish <laughs> I had a little bit better equipment here at home so I could mute myself before I, and, and understand that I'm going to say something wrong to start with. It Um, has been interesting because just to go back to what you're talking about, about having evergreen episodes in the can, just because we, we always aren't quite a hundred percent sure any given month, what episodes we'll be putting out. We usually delay the announcement of what will be on the programming. Miranda, that's great. Don't blast social media that Miranda's (laughs) coming on next week. And then Miranda (laughs) decides now I'm going on a different podcast. (laughs) It's also something I've done numerous times. Yeah. It's a whole new world. It's, I mean, it's got its own interesting problems. Instead of planning a year in advance, we're planning day to day. (laughs) A week. Week to week. Six six weeks. I think we we haven't changed anything closer than that. We've thought we've had moments of fear, but that's, I mean, we do paint ourselves in that corner. It's like, once you make that announcement, Matt Hadlock is staying up until 4am if he has to, to get that episode done. (laughs) We promise to the people. (laughs) And do you guys have some uh, horror episodes for the Halloween season coming up at all? I better believe. <laughs> oh, yes. Good stuff. I think we start uh, this week with the theater school stuff, which is two plays, again, written by the students. One back in 2016, I think, but the same group of uh, still teens, they're still teens, uh, got together, did a little revision on that and recorded that, um, directed by Ken Michaels. Um, mm-hmm. And then another one that was written just this summer, and they're both kind of Horror might be pushing it, but definitely a little deathy and fun. Um, and then after that. Did you say have... deathy and fun in the same <laughs> sentence? Yeah. Well, I don't know if you've ever had the great pleasure, as I have many times, of working with teenage writers. But there is no one harder to keep off the topic of morbid, deathy stuff. Okay. <laughs> they love it. Next time I need some morbid deathy stuff i'll go look for a teenager <laughs> write Thank it you. out um and we did have oh go ahead Deborah. oh no uh we did have a a bso episode that i think is very fall themed i wouldn't necessarily call it what is uh, bco bso bso is the bainbridge symphony orchestra 
Um, they put together an episode of music this week that if you have not listened yet, I, I so strongly recommend. I mean, it's with any podcast, you can put it on and do the dishes, but I kind of recommend just like sitting in a quiet room. Um, it's really a, a beautiful episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How is the orchestra holding up? Because that's, you know, ever since that one church choir was a mass spreading <laughs> situation, I'm sure blowing horns in a room isn't isn't going to cut it either. Yeah, this this particular episode was recorded uh, by a quartet from Bainbridge Symphony Orchestra. So just a, a, enough of them to make beautiful music and not so many that it, they would be unsafe in a room together. Mm-hmm. Now, so. does the orchestra play for free or are they paid performers as well they're all volunteers thought so yeah all of our performers are mm-hmm. during now and and in the regular times mm-hmm. wow i had no idea i thought somebody got paid <laughs> is that just <laughs> keeping the lights on is that where the money goes or you'd be surprised how much money it takes to keep the lights on in that building no um, i wouldn't i i think it has a lot it takes a lot <laughs> And we're lagging again. Um, the, I can't beauty, wait till Zoom's the, done. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Get the in beauty, a studio. Go ahead. The sorry. The beauty of what we're doing now without the uh, onus of, you know, we don't, we don't have the perk of selling tickets and having that income, but we no longer have the onus of licensing either, which is, I believe, and Deirdre can certainly correct me, where most of the money usually goes. That's a large part of our, our production budget is it goes towards royalties. And we looked into licensing um, what that might look like for a podcast for performing, you know, as an audio play. And it's just, there's a lot of hurdles still. So who knows what the future will hold for that, but that's why we've kind of, we're looking back on works in the public domain that are available to us. Mm-hmm. Or original ori- works. Original content. I yeah. Yeah. That. So get that piece of paper and uh, pencil out Miranda and start writing some stuff. <laughs> I, to be honest, I, if anyone listening out there <laughs> is a player. If. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we no. doing this if it's an if? <laughs> no, if, if there are pl- any playwrights listening, um, I'm always interested in, in hearing from other writers on the island. Cause I, like I told Deirdre and Liz, I'm sick of seeing my own name. So <laughs> Yeah, Miranda has done an incredible amount of writing, but she has also done an incredible amount of reading. She's been very impressive in her diligence of of going out there and seeing what there is that we could be doing and how we can honor the community and and works that haven't had the eyeballs or the earballs, the opportunity. (laughs) I'll throw a quick suggestion out there that at the barn, the Bainbridge Artisanal Resource Network, um, there's a writers group in there Mm -hmm. that meets and they have a writing room and you might just put a little uh, post-it up on the wall there that says hey do they still meet is barn open like uh, not really limited capacity interesting it's it's very limited like Mm -hmm. our studio you can have one person in the studio and then it has to sit for 48 hours then it has to have a deep clean but this is not a one-man show, so I'm no longer using it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it does just doesn't fit the times. But mm-hmm. uh, I definitely miss sitting across from somebody and having a real deep conversation in a re- relaxed studio with great equipment and no lagging of Zoom <laughs> or <laughs> no drop phone calls. You know, it, everybody mm-hmm. records th- something a different way. So mm-hmm. it's time for me to invest in some uh, 
standalone type equipment that I can take mm-hmm. places. Well, Matt can give you some uh, suggestions. <laughs> I got my toy all picked out, Deirdre. <laughs> oh, I bet you do. <laughs> but yeah, when it comes to money, I mean, I, I, I'm a one man show, so it's difficult and it's, it's only happens with the grace of sponsors and people that believe in arts and community and, mm-hmm. and podcasting. So I'm very thankful for those. And I appreciate everybody that listens to the first four minutes of commercial. So I can do this on a weekly basis with people like you. They're great contributors to our community. <laughs> well, Bainbridge pod accomplice. Um, we're about six episodes deep, right? Mm-hmm. I would suggest everybody go find that either at the Bainbridge Performing Arts.org website or anywhere podcasts are found. Uh, Deirdre, any last words for the community or me or anybody? Oh, we just appreciate everyone supporting and, and listening. And uh, yeah, we look forward to seeing you all in person. And in the meantime, we'll, uh, we'll hear you or you'll hear us. <laughs> Leave the light on for you. Leave the light on for me. Liz, you got any parting words for everybody? I am just so grateful that you're doing this and and putting in your time and and being part of a community that uplifts each other's work is so what BPA is about. And so I I had not met you before this. I'm so glad to meet you and and glad you're doing this. Nice to meet you as well. And uh, there's no competition in my mind. It's all support (laughs) and raising others up and this is my village. This is my island. And I love what you guys are doing. Miranda, you got anything else you want to say? Yeah, just going off what Liz said, it was so fun to connect with you. And then we wound up having this interview. And I think I just, I feel really grateful for all the people who are still supporting the arts now more than ever, just looking to what we're able to generate now into the future. Um, That support just feels amazing. And hopefully we're giving back. Yeah. And that reminds me, we need a shout out to donate to BPA <laughs> and uh, you can donate through to the bystander as well through Kofi or Bainbridge Strong. You can buy coffee or t-shirts on the bystander or BPA and a portion of that will go to contribute, contributing to the arts and keeping us up and running during these very difficult times. Thank you so much. much. You guys are all welcome back anytime. And I love talking to everybody. Thank you so much. Great. Thank you. My pleasure, Liz. Deirdre, take care. You too, Tim. Be well. And uh, you've been listening to The Bystander. Be kind. Hey, Podcast Phil. Want your spoken word to be heard? We are currently seeking submissions for spoken word and poetry. Send your recorded words to tinytim at thebystanderpodcast.com. Do whatever it takes To be one of the greats I gotta be on top of my game Otherwise there's no point in playing I gotta fight my way to the top I can't just wait around for my shot I'm on the rise whether you're coming or not I guess I never learned how to stop Learned how to stop I never learned how to stop Stay on my grind, keep up this hustle, that's how I'll make money, right? Making money be tight, but honestly, I just want to see my name up in lights. I 
wanna be famous, so I'll be remembered for something I did. I wanna live shameless, so shit that I've done isn't shit that I've hid. I wish I had a body like Terry Crews, so I'd be a bomb dude. I wish I looked like Pac and Juice with the confidence of Tupac and youth. I wish I was rockin' boost with Lauren Hill and the Fuji's too. I wish I was taller than 6'2", even when dudes say it's a gift, fool. I wish you'd remember my name and spoke of it after you left me. I wish we weren't playing a game, imagine how awesome that that'd be. I wish that none of this mattered, but what does that matter? Cause player, it's happening. I wish we could squash all our issues and do it with none of us snapping. But, yo, I wish I was dope, dude. I wish there was hope, dude. I wish for more than this. I gotta think do whatever it, it takes to be one of the greats. I gotta be on top of my game. Otherwise, there's no point in playing. I gotta fight my way to the top. I can't just wait around for my shot. I'm on the rise, whether you're coming or not. Guess I never learned how to stop Learned how to stop I never learned how to stop I work, work, work And then I turn shit out And then you work, work, work And then you turn shit out And then we work, work, work And then you pass it around And then we pray that something sticks And hope that we'll be gaining ground Because we work, work, work Because we feel it in our blood And then we work, work, work Because we're too deep to give it up And then we work, work, work It'll never be enough Dog, I pray one day, I swear I'll be I enough. gotta do whatever it takes To be one of the greats I gotta be on top of my game Otherwise there's no point in playing I gotta fight my way to the top I can't just wait around for my shot I'm on the rise whether you're coming or not I guess I'll never learn how to stop Learned how to stop, I never learned how to stop I think I'm ready to stop, I think I'd like to get off this ride I think I'm ready to drop, I think I'm ready for shit to slide I wish that you and I could vibe and we could live our lives Without having to try to compensate for every single slight With social media, everyone's a celebrity, right? So Goshen media topics tend to get heated, right? I need to try deciding how I'm trying to live my life Am I gonna be high up in middle management or be broke and die? I'm telling you, cause that's the American dream now Be an executive involved with every type of scheme Wow, I guess that greatness comes in different flavors But if you favor the corporations who bow to enslave us Then I wish the plagues of Hades and all of your generations And your babies uprise with me and they overtake the nation Because... There has to be something that's more than this So here's my wish I gotta wish. do whatever it takes To be one of the greats I gotta be on top of my game Otherwise there's no point in playing I gotta fight my way to the top I can't just wait around for my shot I'm on the rise whether you're coming or not Guess I never learned how to stop, learned how to stop, I never learned how to stop.